we're a low budget podcast. And we dribble yeah, yeah. And we dribble yeah, yeah. And we dribble yeah. We put some shots up and we dribble For Ball We Know, episode 31, it's Nate. It's Hop. And we're recording on the night of Thursday, December 20th. Merry early Christmas, y'all. At 7.53 and 28 seconds for me. Uh, 6.53 and probably 33 seconds now for me. 33 now. There we go. Check. Mark. Uh, I was early. It's okay. You're forgiven. But yeah, happy holidays. I, did, I didn't ask to be. We don't We don't holiday discriminate on the football we know pod. Oh, my bad. Hope I, <laughs> hope I didn't offend anybody. Uh, yeah, now we have four listeners because of you. We were up to five, but there goes the Good fifth. riddance. <laughs> Anyways... It's been a, a good week of ball per usual, and we back. And uh, let's just get it started off with the kicks of the week. So, Luka Doncic, God, I can't say his name very well. It's hard. <laughs> it is hard. Um, he had some fire this week, not even including, like, the one that we're about to announce. He even just, coming with the heat. Yeah. So... The link that's in the description for Luka Doncic's kicks of the week are called the Cause K A W S inspired Nike Hyperdunk X Lows, and essentially what these are are a well a piece of art, I guess I could say, huh? I don't know how else one could describe them. So if you do a quick Google search of Cause, and you'll see his Wikipedia page again, the K A W S. It comes up that he's a, a artist and a designer, so he makes like statues of Mickey Mouse looking characters essentially, and they have X's over their eyes. I'm not sure, you know, what's going on essentially with all this. But anyways, there's there's one if you go in the images that's half black, and then the other one's like half open, and it has his like insides colored essentially in a variety of colors. Like his it, brain's pink, his Eye and face are green, mm-hmm. like zombie kind of looking. And his heart's yellow, stuff like that. So these shoes look exactly like that, but in a more squished version. And regardless, they're really sick. <laughs> He's like half Mickey Mouse, half zombie. I don't really know what's going on, but yeah, the interpretation on the shoes is cool. There's a green segment with an eyeball. There's mm-hmm. a black segment that looks kind of like space that has the Nike swish on it. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about this is if you are on the link that we provided and you go to Melon Kicks at Melon Kicks on Twitter, you'll see that he also did some other artwork or shoe work, I guess, for Luca in the past. And so these are called the Lukas, L-U-K-A-W-S. It's like Luca and Kaz in one. Pretty cool. This whole, this whole page has got some heat, too. Yeah, this guy is cool, apparently, and We've discovered him, and now all, all our listeners have too. So you're welcome, listeners. You're welcome. All right. We'll, we'll accept donations at the end of the pod. For the record, Luca also wore a pair of Gohan-inspired Nike PG2.5s. So apparently Dragon Ball Z is global, and Luca's got some dope kick game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For sure. All right. So now that we've gotten to the kick game, let's get into the ass kickings of the week. Um, what with some highlight performances, some guys that just like you know, kick, kick in the I don't know, I guess, sure, guess that we'll, didn't work. It didn't. We'll roll with it though, <laughs> roll with the punches. Um, so yeah, to start off the performance of the week, there was a huge performance that I feel like either has never happened or just like hasn't happened in the longest of times. The uh, so it was LeBron. And Lonzo or Lebronzo, Le- yes, or Lebronzo, <laughs> they go for double, triple doubles. So they each got their own triple double against the Hornets on the December fifteenth, and they ended up winning the game. Which, you, if you're going to do that, you have to win the game. <laughs> you have to, yeah. It doesn't even matter if you lose. No, yeah. Uh, so LeBron had twenty four, eleven, and twelve. Lonzo put up ten, ten, and sixteen. Uh, no matter how you spin it, that's pretty sick. That there was enough ball to go around no, no pun intended there <laughs> and, that's a whole lot of assists too between two guys yeah right 
Jeez, that's like probably the whole team's assist account. So in in a historical context, this is the first time Lakers teammates have both had triple doubles since Magic and Kareem back in 82. And this is the first time that teammates have done this period since uh, the Nets in 2007. That was VC, Vince Carter, and Jay Kidd. Uh, I'm mid-aged Vince Carter. Kids <laughs> nowadays just don't know. Vince Carter was the man. That I think that triple-double was something like 46, 16, and 12 or something like that, too. This wasn't something light. The fact that that man's still playing at 41 shows you that he's the man. <laughs> Showing the young bloods. Yeah, he can still throw it down and get his. He's still putting up at least like 10 a game, which is impressive. <laughs> Especially oh, yeah. on the Hawks because they're booty. Yeah, they're pretty trash. Um, to continue on with big performances this week, John Wall put up 46 and 14 to beat the Lakers the next night. Unfortunately for the Lakers, they used all their, you know, scoring ability and assist ability and rebound ability the, <laughs> night, the night before. I mean, it looks like they might have used it for a while because they have not been looking too hot these last few games. But Ooh, burn. <laughs> just keeping it real anyways uh another highlight performance is your guy this was okc just absolutely going off uh we got pg russ and the boy aquaman steven adams all three of them put up some absolute digits against the kings in a 132 to 113 Poor win kings yeah this was on uh wednesday night the 19th uh in a game that was fun to watch if you're a fan of Russ and also De'Aaron Fox because they're having a bit of a back-and-forth battle. But PG put up 43, 12 boards, 7 assists. Russ with another triple-double, 19 points, 11 boards, and 17 assists. And Steven Adams tossed up a casual 20 points and 23 boards. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Gross. Grant also added 22 points, something else of note. Jeez. He's a guy they really need to score off the bench if they want to continue to be successful. So if you're going to talk about a big three, I think Steven Adams is one of the most underrated players in the league right now. And this just goes to show how dominant he can be. Yeah, when he came into the league, he sucked. Like, I'm not going to be. He wasn't outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> and he's developed a very good, just like all around game to like what he did special. He kind of took that and made it better so he was a really good rebounder and pretty good defender and then his offensive game was yeah still is kind of yeah it's mainly just like second chance points or getting set up by russ he has improved in finishing around the rim though and and he's developed a couple post moves he's got a nice spin down on the low block yeah but i mean you're not going to go to that guy like 10 times a night in the post no i mean regardless (laughs) pick and rolls and you know, set plays, et cetera. That's the way they play, though, so it works, right? He fits the system really well. He's averaging this year 16 points, 10 boards. I mean, he's shooting 59% from the field. And frankly, with how well the guards on that team rebound, it's pretty impressive he continues to put up the numbers he does rebound-wise. And I think he's the reason those guards get so many boards is because he's moving the bigs off the glass. Mm -hmm. This this next part (laughs) really irked you a little, huh? uh some just part of it go ahead elaborate um on what I'm i don't saying. even know who this guy is who who is dave yorger isn't he a coach yeah he's the, the, he's the kings. king's coach <laughs> um he compared De'Aaron fox and marvin bagley to russell westbrook and kevin durant now i I can see a comparison between Fox and Russ, right? These are both- I, was, I was about to say, like, I can see that. Like, I, that's fair. I'll give him yes, that. Yes, these are dudes who are both absolutely explosive. Uh, Russ wasn't much of a big name coming in. De'Aaron Fox is really highly recruited out of high school, but I think coming into the league didn't have the highest of expectations, but he's really quickly coming into his own as a guy who can attack the basket and handle the ball and dish it and and kind of the whole the whole nine. So I think he'll continue to improve and – Watching those two go at it the other night, I feel like kind of shows that he does have that kind of attack mode and speed about him that Russ has. 
Right. The other end of this comparison, I think, is absolute garbage. <laughs> um, Marvin Bagley is a guy who we haven't really gotten a chance to see what his his ceiling is yet, what he can look like. But I think comparing him to KD is absolutely absurd. Yeah, this early, it's a little much. I mean, he's averaging 12 and 6 on 53% shooting. And also, like, that's not Bagley's game. He's not going to pull up on you from 40 and just sink it in your face. Like, See, yeah. He's more of a post. If anything, he should be like a, he should be comparing them to like a Tony Parker, Tim Duncan kind of thing. Perhaps. Like, maybe slightly less, but you know what I'm trying to get at. Or like a Gary Payton, Sean Kemp might even be better. Because he's not a deep threat. And he doesn't have the the play style as KD. I could see him being like, as far as like chemistry and explosiveness goes, maybe like a KD and Russ. Maybe. That's fair. But it just seemed like he was saying like, yeah, they're going to be as good as these guys, if not better. And they're going to do like, what they did, but better. It's like, well, he also stated that they're a quote, super team, just young to that, which that, you, no, nah. <laughs> you can't just say words that expect them to be facts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we agree though. I see the front end of this comparison. De'Aaron Fox, he's a guy I've really liked for a while uh, since he was in high school. And I can see that Russ comparison, but the other end, whether you're talking about skill set or play style or just strictly dominance, I'm sorry, Marvin Bagley is not KD, and I don't think he ever will be. That's no slight to him either. He's, I think he'll develop, and he'll be a really productive player in the league, but there's no other Kevin Durant. Even if he was, like, a similar player to Kevin Durant, it's way too early to tell, you know? He's, I mean, we've been calling Brandon Ingram Kevin Durant for how long now? And I, I, I no, not we'll seeing get, it. We'll get to him later. All right. So, yeah. Back to your boy Russ, though. Russ, he's, he's been mad lately. Big yeah, mad. a little hothead. At least he's not taking it out on people's phones, <laughs> like he has in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Russ, this was just this was maybe the same day that last week's pod came out. He got into a bit of a shoving match with Jamal Murray, and when he was asked about it, he said that Murray was quote in his way. So he pushed him. Uh, Jamal Murray claimed that nothing was going on prior to this, but that sounds kind of ridiculous. Um, and then the other night against the Bulls, this was on the 17th, Russ got into a scuffle with Chris Dunn. This was in the midst of a pretty big kind of just fight that happened between OKC and the Bulls, which resulted in Dennis Schroeder and Felton both getting suspended for one game and a few other players being fined. Robin Lopez looks terrifying in that, too, if you saw the clip. Because <laughs> he is terrifying. Uh, let's see. It looks like uh, Jeremy Grant, Robin Lopez, and Chris Dunn were all fined. So, yeah. I guess Dunn pushed Westbrook, and then Grant sprinted over, and it just kind of hit the fan. Back to the Murray one. Uh, I was I just looked up the video. And it, was, it was a jump ball, it looks like. And mm-hmm. I, I wanted to look at it closer, and they, like, zoomed in. Murray and Russ are just, like, standing next to each other. And Russ goes to, like, take a step forward. And Murray just kind of puts his arm out on his side. And Russ just turns around and shoves him. <laughs> like, it's so weird. He's asserting his dominance. It's so weird. And then he starts yelling at Jokic, like you said, and telling him he's going to F him up and stuff. You know, I think that this is kind of Russ's calling card. I think he really is the fire on that team. And Schroeder is a little bit of the same deal, but... I think he really sets the the tone for them as an in-your-face team on both ends of the floor. So I have no problem with this. <laughs> you can't touch Russ, apparently. No, don't. Well, I mean, after everybody was targeting him before, damn Zaza Pachulia's weak ass. <laughs> so, I mean, as long as Russ is intelligent about this and doesn't get himself suspended, I'm with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Set the tone. Make Jamal Murray scared of you. That's cool. <laughs> Uh, speaking of being scared the Sixers are still scared that Fultz could basically be a bust Uh, yeah they are however they are in no rush to deal Fultz they say so I don't know what kind of context context that's out of like 
like are they're never going to deal him or they're just saying well we'll see what happens or you know if the right offer comes along the table yada yada like there's no big it, it can go either way really you could be like they're in no hurry because they want to see what's going to happen or they're in no hurry because they want to get the best deal or they're in no hurry because they don't want to trade them at all you know yeah or frankly they don't know at yeah, all seriously. because i certainly don't um, i mean no Fultz is a basketball player. Could just be some guy. I don't know what his contract looks like. I feel like that's significant here. Let's see. He signed a he signed a three year deal, and he'll be a free agent in twenty twenty one. Hmm. Um. So he he still has two more years on his deal after this, and they're paying him eight million a year. What do you think? Does that mean that you want to deal him to free up that space, or do you want to? Is it not worth it, and you want to hang on to him to see what happens? I mean, as far as that, like a rookie contract's really not that much to take on. So, I'd say it's worth the risk. Worst case, the contract ends and it's not any better, and you're just kind of fed up with it. And he's just on the bench, and it's whatever. Yeah. So I say just, you know, keep him until it's time, until it's, like, blatant that he's, you know, not going to be seeing the court anytime soon. That's hard then because the longer you wait, the harder it's going to be to deal the guy. The uncertainty is in your favor at this point in a trade. Yeah. That's true, but how many teams actually want to take a risk on him? Because even if like he ends up not playing until the end of his contract or whatever, I feel like a lot of teams aren't going to want to pick him up anyway because they're just like, this guy's done. His career's over. True, yeah. I mean, I've said before, I think based on precedent for Philly, now this makes no sense. There's absolutely no rational logic in this, but your last two really good players were out because they were hurt, and then they came back and they were really good. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is just the Philly curse running its course. Hashtag trust the process, and we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Um, some interesting news coming out of New York. Dick's owner said he was he would sorry consider selling the team for a bona fide offer. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, the Knicks have been bad for quite some time since like 2013. Yeah. 12, something like that. I just remember watching Melo go against LeBron in the playoffs when LeBron was on the heat. Uh, and that was basically the last time they were good. <laughs> so this is kind of interesting. This has more levels to it than you would think. Uh, there's actually a lot of hate in the Knicks fan base for this owner. Yeah. And that the fans would be they fine. They like want him to leave. Uh, it even got as bad as Max Kellerman of First Take calling him a rotten fish head. <laughs> Pretty harsh. Yeah, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but yeah, I don't exactly know. Basically, what that means. this guy sucks. Uh, I'd like to see him and the Suns owner go head to head for worst owner. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that was this bad, but it's interesting. Because ever since Steve Ballmer bought the Clippers, prices of teams have just been whack. Like the last team to be purchased before the Clippers was the Seattle Sonics to OKC, and they sold for like $400 million. And then the next team, I'm pretty sure, I'm not 100% though, was the Clippers, and Steve Ballmer paid $2 billion for them when the next highest bid was $800 million. <laughs> Holy smokes. It was the Oprah Winfrey Magic Johnson group. And uh but it was a blind bid, so you didn't know. You just put in one and like that's it. If you if you're not the highest bidder, you lose. So he was like, I got money, here's two billion, and he way overpaid for the team. And that just messed everything up. So now the the Knicks owner is considering selling the team for five billion. Yeah, feelers have offered upward of five billion, but no one has come through with a bona fide offer, he said. Mm-hmm. That is a ridiculous amount of money. I mean, I get it. New York's the biggest city in America. It's about the market. Yeah. yeah that That's all it comes down to. I mean, you wonder how much did the Lakers sell for, right? Jeez. Not that they would ever get sold, but you figure it would be a hefty sum. 
yeah, it would be that around there probably, if not more because of the, the history that precedes them. So what an exchange of money. That's ridiculous. Five yeah. billion dollars. Even if they are sold, like nothing's gonna change except maybe the culture of the franchise. Like they're not going anywhere. They're not moving out of New York. Yeah. So I feel like they need to do something though. They're not really getting anywhere and they aren't particularly trending up. They have some good pieces, but Yeah, they got some good young guys in place and I don't even think Prozingis has played this season, right? He doesn't come back to like the all star break. He has not been back, and I don't know that they've released any further information on a timeline. Yeah, I don't see anything. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, it's kind of out of the blue. Maybe, they, maybe he's hurting for some money. It's interesting <laughs> that this comes so quickly after the Suns comment, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. It looks like this individual, James, is it James Dolan, uh, also owns another team in New York. Um, let me see. Like an I did, MLS team or something? I did have it pulled up, but now I don't. Um, <laughs> Take your time. Long pause. Awkward. I don't, it doesn't even matter. He owns some other, oh, the New York Liberty. Yeah. Um, and he has put them up for sale already. He also owns the New York Rangers. What the, what the heck? Well, it's under his domain. I think it's under this like This dude's just got racks. <laughs> um, it looks like the Liberty have been up for sale for a year, though. Um, and it sounds like this whole Knicks thing was kind of an afterthought in that he was being asked about the Liberty and said he would also put the Knicks up for sale if an offer came through. So this Mm. seems more of like a stream of consciousness thing than it is like I'm selling them, come buy them. Yeah. But something to keep track of. Not terribly exciting. But something that is exciting is a Laker, a Laker trade that could be in the works in the future. Complete Um, hearsay, but yes, like you can never believe what, these little rumors are like this rumor is an NBA, NBA exec. exec, whoever that may be, <laughs> yeah, whatever that means. That could be anybody sources, a NBA executive assistant, <laughs> like some guy that just goes and gets food for the freaking GM. Uh, he said, they said that the Lakers will probably trade Ingram at some point, whether it's for a second or third star to be determined. What does that, what does that mean? I, uh, I think they should do it. Ingram's kind of trash. No, but what does that mean? A second or third star? For LeBron. But but don't you have to have a second star to get a third one? That doesn't make any sense. Because uh, in my book, there isn't a second star there. Maybe they're saying like a second and then in lieu of that trade a third i don't know <laughs> yeah i don't know but in any event this nba exec doesn't sound too smart so <laughs> perhaps I don't know not how much we should believe this I, I mean i don't i just maybe there's just not context yeah but, but um, something that i didn't believe in and now that i i do more so because it's been gaining more and more traction is the possibility of anthony davis either moving from a trade or free agency so that is news to me. It's very, I don't know, interesting. I don't really see Davis moving, but... I don't know that he himself has given any indication, but with the number of things that have come out in quick succession with people talking to him, it sort of leads you to believe there have at least been conversations. It's weird because he's not a free agent until 2021. But as of this week, there was a moment... Giannis and the Bucks played the Pelicans, and Giannis said, "Come to the Bucks, man!" In the hallway after the game. But you figure though that so is that like ask for a trade, like Jimmy Butler? But this is something that we've seen. There's precedent for this, though, in that you want to trade a guy before he can leave you in free agency, right? So mm-hmm. that means they have until the trade deadline next year to deal him, or he leaves after that season. Or even the year after, right? He's a free agent in... 2021. So they got two seasons. No, like, this before the season of of 2020-2021. So 
after the 2020 season, he is a free agent. The 2019-2020 season. Are you sure? Yes. He has a player option for the season. Oh, I didn't see the player option. Yeah. Okay, there we go. That's so the confusion he'll was. Be a, he'll be a free agent in the summer of 2020, right. which means they have until the trade deadline next year to deal him. And so you figure you might as well start shopping now if you're going to. Right. And that, again, gives you until the trade deadline next year to convince him to stay if that's what, what your plan is. So mm-hmm. it's not surprising to me that people are talking about it already. This dude is a top three player in the league. Five, yeah, but no, it's not, no less. It's not just the Bucks that want him. Everybody wants him. Uh, people are saying there's been reports that Boston has been, quote, hawking Anthony Davis for years and wants to pursue a trade by that deadline next season. LeBron said it would be, quote, amazing to play with AD on the Lakers. What do you think of AD's response to that? <laughs> that he, he just kind of wants the money. He said, I don't really care. What does that mean? <laughs> you don't really care that LeBron wants you on his team? I don't I, know. I think he's trying to downplay, like, the fact that it's like, LeBron James said this about you. Isn't that amazing? He's that just, just feels like, kind of rude, though. You know, I, you know, LeBron's a really high caliber player. Of course, it would be, be great to play along him, alongside him at some point. But, uh, you know, that's something I'd rather wait on before we discuss it. You could have made a much classier answer. Than, <laughs> I don't really care. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't like LeBron. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't. But, uh. In any event, so that's LeBron, and we then like talk you mentioned, about how, huh? so we did talk about how people don't like what comes with being LeBron's teammate. And then KD said it was toxic. So there's, this is definitely a thing, mm-hmm. nevertheless. Um, and then, like you mentioned, though Giannis in the hallway after the game versus the Pelicans said, "Come to the Bucks, man." To AD, so people want him. Yeah, I'm intrigued. We'll I don't talk about this a little later. We'll come back to you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll see where he ends up. We'll see where, uh, he may travel to because speaking of travels, <laughs> that was good. I like it. James Harden travels all over the country, usually in arenas. Um, <laughs> this week he had a very viral step back. Um, do you think he takes the team plane or does he just step back to the next arena? Probably just steps back to back <laughs> well, uh you put that he's took 32 step backs pretty damn close man <laughs> um it was pretty interesting it went viral everybody saw it he did two step backs to be exact he picked up the ball uh-huh. did a step back uh-huh. and then did another step back without dribbling and it wasn't like a quick shuffle of the feet like it's, these were large step backs this is a real step back twice Plus, he picked up the ball at the elbow and he ended up at the three-point line <laughs> So, he just shimmies on back, <laughs> like uh, to like to the to the sideline too, not to like the other end of the court. He didn't go backwards; he went like sideways, backwards, kind of as he usually does. So, like the elbow to the top of the key might be a little shorter in distance than where he ended up <laughs> from the elbow <laughs> to the wing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So during the game, this happened. He was fouled by, I believe it was Ricky Rubio, and he goes to shoot the free throws, and nothing is called. And they play this replay, and then it goes viral, like you said, and everyone is wondering, what in the hell is going on? How is this happening? Mm-hmm. And the refs thought they'd throw us a bone and review it, and after the game say, oh, hey, yeah, we missed this one. It was a travel. <laughs> As if that somehow helps. Yeah, like, oh, we're glad you can tell that, you know, this rule exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't take an infinite number of steps with the ball picked up. <laughs> but I guess my silver lining I'm trying to create here is that it's been a question for a long time whether or not Harden travels on his step back and all of his other moves. I don't know if it's a question. It's more of just a why isn't it called? Because well, it's definitely okay. a travel. Well, on, that's a, uh, like a question, nevertheless. 70% of them he travels. <laughs> okay. So, what I'm hoping, maybe, bear with me on this, is that the refs at the next game are going to say, damn, those other guys look really freaking stupid for not calling that. <laughs> You'd hope. I'm not going to be that guy. And maybe we'll see a bit of a crackdown on this, but I don't know. Everyone in the NBA travels literally constantly. A gather has become as many steps as you want. Mm-hmm. And I don't get it. Why do, we, why do we call travels on 
seven-year-olds who are learning to play. And then the peak of the basketball world. These are the best players that exist and they can just take as many as they want. I don't it's get all it. about highlights. <laughs> I love highlights as much as the next guy, but I also want them to play real basketball. True. Uh, what was really interesting about this was Harden was asked about it about uh, after the game. <laughs> I like this. And he said, what do you want me to say? Tell on myself? <laughs> I mean, that's a real basically, question. Basically acknowledging that he knows he gets away with these all the time is what I take from that. I don't know. I feel like this is a more specific response from him where he's saying, what, am I supposed to mosey on over to the ref after they call that foul and say, excuse me, sir, I actually stepped back twice. You know, like, he's going to keep doing things. Like you said, he's going to make moves that work. And until he is told that they are illegal and that is enforced, hell, I'd keep doing two step backs in a row. He has been called for travel before. Like, I've seen it happen. What, once? And when he does travel and it's blatant and they call it, kind of like this one, but they didn't call it for some reason, he, like, looks confused. Like, he thinks he's allowed to take five steps. Okay, that's like every foul that's ever happened in the NBA, too, though. (laughs) What do you mean, ref? I only bodied him and shoved him out of the air and he ended up in the bleachers. (laughs) Oh, what? Me? No. See... (laughs) This is just how they are in the league. You and I probably did the same thing. Probably. And how often do you travel and know that you traveled? I I feel like if you're hardened, it's pretty easy to tell. (laughs) Okay, perhaps. But I think sometimes these guys travel and when when it's allowed to slide so often, suddenly when you do travel and it is called, you're like, wait a minute, I've done that a hundred times. And you didn't know the first time it was a travel. And so it just never clicks. I genuinely believe that to some degree. Mm. Speaking of clicking, uh, the Rockets clicked against the Wizards. They hit 26 threes, which is a new NBA record. Who had the NBA record before? Probably the Rockets. Yeah, that's what I figure. <laughs> I think it is. Because <laughs> uh, we'll look that up for y'all real quick. We should have had this Oh, look the Cavs. Oh, was that during the... Um... I feel like I remember that game slightly. Um, it was against the Hawks. Mm, maybe not. I do remember watching it and freaking out like, oh, my God, these guys don't miss. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, I mean, this team deserves to have that crown because that's all they do. That's D'Antoni's offense, just shoot the three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they haven't been shooting it terribly well, though, so... What's interesting, though, is, like, after they break this record, like, it came out that they still want more shooters. So they've been seeking out uh, Contavious Codwell-Pope from the Lakers as a top trade target, which still would be a very good addition to their team. I, I don't know how well he fits in with the Lakers so far, so I could see this going down and maybe the, throwing in Brandon Ingram and getting something good back. But See, I don't know what's in that for the Lakers would be my question. If you throw in uh, Brandon Paul. and <laughs> and possibly doing like a three-team trade, maybe somehow. Mm, I think that's how it would have to happen. But yeah. we've seen how three-team trades have gone lately, and so... I could see them trying to get like Gerald Green or something like that. Perhaps. Okay. I could see that. I don't know if they'd be willing to part with P.J. Tucker or Eric Gordon for KCP. No, you can't. <laughs> Why would you downgrade? Speaking of trades, though, there was a well, there was a bombshell of a trade. Well, you missed my segue attempt just now, so it is what it is. I'm sorry, <laughs> I did miss it. Hold your L. Keep going, though. Uh, yeah, there was a horrible trade that went down this week, but it turned out okay. It just started very bad and well it started okay and then got really confusing and then more confusing and then it came full circle i already knew what happened and when i was reading it to put it on the pod document i was confused all over again yes so essentially the suns and grizzlies wanted to make a trade fair got it yeah so uh the trade was to include the wizards as well okay and so the trade was going to be that Austin Rivers ends up with the Suns, and Kelly Oubre Jr. ends up with the Grizzlies, I believe, in exchange for Trevor Ariza. And then the Suns were going to throw in 
Brooks. Now, what gets interesting here is there are two Brooks <laughs> on the Wizards. Technically three with the head coach. Touche. <laughs> Scott Brooks. However, he was not involved in the trade, and that was known <laughs> somehow. They, they trade the head coach. <laughs> I mean, they've traded Doc Rivers before. <laughs> so... <laughs> He has been traded. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the Suns and Grizzlies were confused. The Suns thought they were getting Dylan Brooks, a young, promising prospect. And the Grizzlies thought they were giving up Marshawn Brooks, who, yes, no one knows of. So the Grizzlies <laughs> are like, yeah, we win this trade. We get Trevor Ariza. Or no, we get Kelly Ray Jr. And the Wizards get Trevor, Trevor Ariza. And we just got to give up Marshawn Brooks. Like, win you know <laughs> and austin rivers and uh or no Wh- rivers is on the wizards my bad and uh to see this is so confusing so the grizzlies and the suns gms actually never spoke about this trade and this is how it, the whole thing got confusing brilliant broken there's a three-team trade and the wizards were orchestrating it essentially like hey the grizzlies are in suns do you want this player sure and like how would you not you know just do a conference call. We got all this technology. Hell, even do like a group FaceTime. <laughs> Can we discuss who probably are the GMs of these teams? Um, you think your you think your grandpa knows how to do a conference call? Because <laughs> they I probably mean, don't even. I mean, if it's it was probably the Suns owner. He was probably orchestrating this trade because he <laughs> he came out and said that he did not want Ariza going to the Lakers. So he already messed that up for them. They could have maybe got Brandon Ingram out of that trade. <laughs> Which wouldn't have been bad for the Suns at all. <laughs> but anyways, that's a whole other story how the Suns owner sucks. Um, so yeah, Austin Rivers becomes a legend in Phoenix because he was bought out within a few hours of being traded. <laughs> uh, the final trade ended up, I think the Grizzlies just got cut out of the whole thing, right? They did. Yeah, it was just Suns Wizards. uh with uh Suns gave up Trevor Ariza, he's going back to the Wizards, and the Wizards gave up Kelly Oubre Jr. to the Suns. And that's how, kind of how it all ended. And it kind of comes full circle because after Austin Rivers got bought out, Memphis signed him. <laughs> I don't know that that actually went through. It did. I, I, I'm pretty sure it did. Unless I was reading something else, but I'm, I thought. It As did. of yesterday, NBA.com said the Grizzlies were not interested in adding Rivers. Oh, maybe it. Uh, so, so to me. my knowledge, he's no, he's at this point not a part of a team. But there are four or five teams interested in acquiring him. Uh, mm-hmm. Rumors include the Lakers and the Clippers. And interesting, the thing I yeah. saw said it was like basically done to Memphis. Oh, it well. was at one point. It was <laughs> Memphis just got cut. Anyways, uh, speaking of Kelly Oubre Jr. and that trade with the Suns. He actually came up big for them the other night against the Celtics. The Suns beat the Celtics, surprisingly, somehow, and it was a miracle. Uh, Oubre drops 13 and six boards, and they were up four, I think, and he hit a three to seal the game. Um, yeah, and that's the fourth straight win for the Suns. So look at Western Conference. Suns, stop Playoffs. it. Playoffs. Stop. <laughs> You're going to lose your number one overall pick, and that's stupid. Yeah, you Keep want Zion. Losing. You Idiots. want Zion. I mean, maybe this is part of their ploy, though. They're like, oh, we're going to go on a little win streak. And then that way they won't think we're tanking when we lose 32 in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. I think, uh, like, Ubre is in his last year of his contract. So was Ariza. So this trade made sense for both teams. They had nothing to lose. I hope Ubre stays with the Suns because I feel like that, depending on what draft pick they get, whoever they get in that, like that team could be really good in a year or two just because Ubre is kind of like a vet nowadays. It's been the league, what, four years? Something like that. Something um, like that. Yeah, four years. So he could be uh, like the piece they're missing, essentially, a young guy, but he's also been in the league a while. He's proven. So, yeah. Ubre seems excited about being on the Suns and being part of that young team that's growing and building. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's. Yeah, they around. look like they against the Celtics, like they already had a pretty good chemistry after like two days. <laughs> as long as the Suns want him, I don't expect him to move. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of moving, uh, Kelly Crosskopf 
is moving up in the M- NBA ranks and into NBA I'm going to take off my headset and leave. Uh, the Pacers hired that was so the, bad. the first female assistant GM in NBA history. Like I said, Kelly Crosskoff. Uh, she was a longtime WNBA executive, and she's now transferred over to the NBA, probably making way more bucks as the assistant GM. There is no probably. She's making way more bucks. And there you go. Um, <laughs> no, I think this is great. This yeah, exciting. I mean, we've seen women slowly kind of transition into the NBA and uh, being more accepted, if you will, um, especially with Becky Hamlin, I think is her Becky name. Hammond. Hammond, yeah. uh, assistant coach of the Spurs, soon to be a head coach, I'm sure. And there's even some female refs out there. So Big facts. Yeah. Just waiting on the first female player. Brittany Griner couldn't do it. So who's up? That girl. There's that, that, that shit. Yeah. yeah. Facts. <laughs> that, yeah. That girl that freaking threw down a fat dunk the other night in the high and school. And it was game. like it was for real too. That wasn't like a she's six nine and she barely no, got off the ground. She's six two. And she yammed it. Yes. <laughs> that was mean. What's her name? I don't remember, but she's gonna be the first NBA star as a female, I swear. Like who's what female uh, is six uh, Fran- Francesca Balibi. There's several men. It's not even several, like hundreds of thousands of men that are 6'2 and can barely touch the net. Like this girl's throwing down. I think this is this the same person? Oh my god. I freaking Googled. <laughs> I Googled <laughs> looking for this, and one of the suggested questions was, can a woman dunk a basketball? It's fair. Who is Google searching that? Um Oh, let's see. It says, this says Zia Cook and Fran Belibi, both high school seniors, went viral on social media within days of each other for their explosive highlights. So I think the one we're both talking about, the girl with the goggles, right? Mm, I don't remember. The one with the goggles. So, oh, God. Yeah, it must be her because the other chick's 5'9", Zia Cook. So Fran Belibi is a 6'1 forward, and she can yam, and that's badass. Yeah, good for her. I hope the rest of her game's good and she can't just, like, that's all she could do. Uh, let's see. She's number 23 recruit in the country. Fun fact, she also scored a 35 on her ACT. That's freaking badass. Uh, and she's going <laughs> to go to Stanford next year. She oh, won a gold God. with USA Basketball. So that's this freaking dope. Uh, women in basketball Bunnies. are evolving, apparently, and I'm very excited for this. This is legendary stuff, so. They're coming up the same time as uh, white guys and dunking. <laughs> white guys been dunking. Don't front. Evolving. <laughs> so that was a really big tangent. shout out, Mac McClung. <laughs> they had each facts actually, um, and that that uh, who's that white dude that is six one and does all the crazy dunks? Oh, Jordan Kincaid or can kill Kilganon? Kilganod, yeah. Yeah, that dude's pretty mean too. So we're really way off the wagon right now. But welcome to yeah. football. We know. We don't even know. <laughs> uh, there's um, no we know thi- to this. We know something sometimes. Yeah. Well, so, what one thing that someone didn't know? Uh, <laughs> Blake Griffin didn't know what the fan said, so he asked. This is true. Uh, <laughs> there was another outburst, and Blake Griffin said, what the F did you say to a fan many times? Um, he looked terrifying. I don't know why you would say anything to Blake Griffin if you saw this video on House of Highlights. I, I don't know why you'd say anything to him anyway. He was, the best part about it is the guy was sitting behind like the baseline camera. So Blake Griffin's walking towards the camera, essentially just like flexing and, and Big just enough. yelling what the F did you say and I about threw my phone across the room it was <laughs> terrifying so th- whoever this fan was has got some big conies I tell you what or he thinks he does that's true uh, the, the, the fan ended up being kicked out though which is good um, this is just kind of another instance of what we're talking about of either players being soft or fans just being vulgar um, yeah because uh, last week and a couple weeks before, there was a couple of players flipping off some fans. Tristan Thompson. Mm-hmm. And what was the other one? Miles Turner. Yep. And so it's kind of it just keeps adding up. We'll keep following the story. 
until it ends, I guess. <laughs> until it ends with like a fan in the hospital, probably. I hope not, but <laughs> you never know. The malice of the palace happened. This, you know, anything's possible. You're not wrong. Um, to end the regular segment of for ball, we know we're gonna go with a few notable games of this week. This past week, the Warriors lose to the Jazz. 108-103. The Jazz are still the most unknown team in the league right now. Question mark. Unknown meaning like they have no identity. They're 15 and 17, yet they beat the Warriors by five when KD dropped 30, Steph dropped 32. And (laughs) their highest score was Joe Ingles with 20. (laughs) Well, the Jazz had a really balanced scoring attack, which which I feel like plays in their favor they have plenty of guys who can score the ball so why not Just let like them all instead of forcing it somewhere Derek favors um Playing however favor. It, however <laughs> it looks like clay thompson didn't have a great night he only had 12 which is not something that you're going to expect i mean after after the the games you mentioned kd had 30 steph had 32 and your next high score is clay with 12 and nobody else was even in double digits it's still a shocker that this Jazz team beat them, though. Last year, I wouldn't have been shocked, but this year, they just haven't been playing well. It's any given Sunday, man. Anyone can beat anyone else on any given day. You said Sunday, though. It's a term. The Trailblazers beat the Raptors 128-122. You're the worst. Another surprising game, I guess, in a way. Uh, It was a really good game, though, and Kind of like the Jazz, everybody was eating on the Blazers. Uh, Aminu had 13, Nurkic had 11, Dame had 24, McCollum had 14. See, you say everybody was eating, but everyone had like a small plate. I'm not done. Zach Collins had 16, Evan Turner had 12, Nick Stauskas had 13, and Seth with uh, TH had 13. You're proving my point, though. Everyone's eating, but they all got pretty small plates. That's... That's eight of the ten players that played scored <laughs> in double figures. Yeah. That's Again, ridiculous. They all eaten, but they all got little tiny plates. Nurkic almost had a triple-double, 11, 9, and 7. Okay, well, let's look at the Raptors side then. Kawhi with 28, Siakam, or however you say that, with 10, Ibaka with 18, Van Vliet with 21, Danny Green with 19, CJ Miles with 13. They had six guys in double figures. Yeah, it's just just looking at the Trailblazers, like it's just beautiful. It's kind of uncharacteristic of them, I think. Dame and CJ usually don't get any help, so this is what you want. Yeah, I mean Steph Curry's brother, you know, Seth, very good. Uh, I think he's pretty underrated. He's been consistent, yeah, and that was in 19 minutes, so 13 is. That's solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Dame doesn't have to hit 12 threes in order for you to win, that's great when you're the Trailblazers because it's usually a two-man show. Yes, that's fair to say. Speaking of two-man shows, this next matchup usually provides that on the Pistons side with Blake and Andre Drummond, but not so much this game. Uh, the Bucks barely edge out the Pistons 107-104, and I wanted to highlight this game because – that just kind of shows that the Pistons are kind of a powerhouse this year. <laughs> like they're just hanging with teams like this. They're even beating them They're They are 500 right now, 14 and 14. But you know, if this is a seven game series, I would love to watch this seven game series. It would be fun to watch. But I think like you said, they're a team who are showing they can hang with these teams and beat them on occasion. But I don't, I don't see the consistency they need to win a seven-game series, or at least not more than one or two. They're not going to make a run at the conference finals, in my opinion, unless they figure out how to do this on a night-in, night-out basis. Right, and I need to see another game because I feel like this one's a little bit of a one-off. Uh, I guess they yeah. did play a couple weeks ago. The Bucks won 115-92. So that one was a little more one-sided for the Bucks. But uh, it's a mixed bag. I see your point, though, in that the Pistons can hang with just about anybody. Yeah, I mean, I've just been noticing all season. I'm just like, oh, the Pistons, they beat the Raptors. Okay, that's a big win for them. (laughs) And then it's like, oh, they lost to the Rockets by two. Oh, they lost. They beat the Rockets by four. You know, they play the Thunder. They got blown out. (laughs) 
they're hanging with the 76ers. You know, they're they're kind of a team that I feel like you wouldn't want to see in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with that. Just because they're terrifying and, you know, Blake Griffin's having a great season and he can somehow shoot threes now. Yeah, I mean, he had 19, 10, 11 in this game. So mm-hmm. he's playing out of his mind. I agree. Yeah. And that concludes the regular portion of this for ball we know stick around for the unpopular opinions at the end of the show but for right now we're going to take it over to a hop for the hip hoop hip hoop all right all right y'all this one i've been scheming on doing for a minute um bear with me here because i think this is one people will find very interesting um for the insight it provides on a line i'm sure that you know but you don't actually understand so (laughs) This is from one of the OGs. This is Jay-Z. Whether you're a fan of Jay-Z or not, you have got to be crazy to sit here and say that he's not one of the gods that's still in the game. This dude is still rapping. He's still making hits. Um, I believe his joint album with his wife, Beyonce, was they won an award for Rap Album of the Year. I think that was the BET Award. So Mm -hmm. this dude has is showing no signs of slowing down. Uh, This track is Empire State of Mind featuring Alicia Keys. Everyone knows this. This is from the Blueprint 3 back in 2009. So amidst this kind of just flurry of bars that Jay-Z is spitting, most of which I think nobody actually knows. You can follow along. You kind of know what's going on, whatever. But there's no. if you're listening to this with a group of friends, everyone sings when Jay-Z says, If Jeezy's paying LeBron, I'm paying Dwayne Wade. Everyone knows the bar. If Jeezy's paying LeBron, I'm paying Dwayne Wade. Would you agree with that, Nathan? I would agree with that. I remember singing that many a time in my childhood. It's a bar, right? <laughs> but then if you really think about it, what does it mean? Uh, I don't know. See, it doesn't make sense that they would be paying. So, like, you could say, oh, it's a flex. Like, they're paying these dudes salaries, their basketball millions, because Jeezy and Jay are that rich. Well, no, that doesn't make any sense. And this wouldn't even be a flex for Jay-Z because I'm going to go here, go ahead here and say that James has always made more money than Dwayne Wade because that's true. Probably. So that wouldn't even be badass for Jay. Also, Wade plays in Miami and Jay-Z is from New York. So why would he pay him? That makes no sense. <laughs> Jeezy is the rapper out of Atlanta. Why would he pay LeBron? Again, makes no sense. So you got to go a little deeper to find out what this really means. So this is, in fact, a reference to a single from Jeezy, then Young Jeezy, who came out that came out also in 2009. This is titled 2423. Uh, 2423, yes, as in Kobe and LeBron. So on the chorus of this track, this is what Jeezy has to say. As hard as it is to understand Jeezy, I think that was pretty straightforward. He says, see, I used to pay Kobe, but now I pay LeBron, which he proceeds to repeat several times before he concludes his course with 24-23. Now, again, what does this mean that he used to pay Kobe, but now he pays LeBron? Uh, I'm sure you're going to tell us because you're a very informed guy. Oh, thanks. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead here and issue a reminder that ball we know does not condone drug use however we will not (laughs) judge you for your use of drugs live your life as you so please however if you are somehow offended by references to drugs i encourage you to leave now uh so jeezy here fast forward don't leave just fast uh, forward yeah that's facts you'll want to hear from ball we know but jeezy is referencing the price he pays for a kilo yes that is a kilo of cocaine so he used to pay kobe 24 grand but now he pays lebron 23 grand how wonderful so essentially he's <laughs> saying he moves so much that he gets a wholesale discount flex flex exactly this is a flex <laughs> so now that you understand you kind of you think about it and you say huh so what's jay talking about then what's he on well jeezy has moved on from paying Kobe. Now he pays LeBron. He gets that whole grand discount on his kilo. Well, Jay, who 
is has long time been known as like a serious drug dealer. He, by his own admission, began dealing drugs at age 14. He talks a lot about how that's been his life and that's how he first started making money. He said as recently as 2016 that he's a, what does he say? Uh, like drug dealer, 14 years and counting. This is after Tommy Lahren, who's a Fox News anchor and super annoying, uh, criticized Beyonce saying that her husband was a drug dealer as if that's somehow like really mean or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jay is making just a fat flex right here about how heavy he is in the drug game. If Jeezy's paying LeBron 23K, Jay's saying he pays Dwayne Wade, who, in case you didn't know already, <laughs> wears the number three, meaning that Jay pays only three grand for a kilo. Wow. Now, that's quite the discount. That's probably not true. But it's kind of just a baller ass flex on Jeezy, <laughs> um, and I think this speaks to how Jay Z is lyrically great. He made this punchline in this radio hit song that everyone knows. Everyone will sing when this comes on. Oh, Jeezy's paying LeBron and paying Dwayne Wade, and they don't know that they're talking about getting a fat discount on large portions of cocaine. <laughs> Uh, in any event, I think this speaks to Jay's skill as an MC. I heard um, uh, I heard Jay Z is pretty good skier. <laughs> yeah, he goes totally. in the powder. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> <laughs> you're just so wild. <laughs> um, and so next time you're spitting this, remember what you're really talking about. Uh, one other thought on this track: Dwayne Wade in a verified annotation on Genius talks a little bit about what this bar meant to him. Now. It's kind of old hat, I think, for LeBron to be mentioned in rap songs. But Dwayne Wade said that for him, this is when he felt like he really made it in pop culture. Um, He said uh, there's a lot of different references, and obviously Jay has his own. There's a reference from the street to it. He says, so I don't really know. I just know Jeezy came out with that song about Kobe and LeBron, 23-24, which makes it clear that Wade has absolutely no idea what this is actually talking about. (laughs) Or he wants it to sound that way. So Dwayne says, I didn't care what it was about. I was just glad that my name was associated in a big song like that for the city of New York. It's huge. So Jay-Z making Dwayne Wade a fan uh, and making just an absolute bar of a punchline uh, and flexing at the same time. So that's Empire State of Mind. And now you know. And what a bar of a hip hoop that was. It was a lot. I hope you followed me. Thank you for learning us, Ahab. I do what I can. To conclude the episode, yes, it does have to end at some point. Uh, We will... I feel like this has been a long episode. Yeah, somewhat. Uh, We will be coming full circle back to what we were talking about earlier, but with AD um, and all the trade rumors. So, for ball we know, or at least... For ball you know. Yes, for ball I know. AD will not leave New Orleans when he's well, a free agent. Well, why? Why wouldn't he leave? Because a star in this league is going to come to him before that happens. And, Nathan, who will that star be? Whoops, might that be, you ask, a <laughs> Vocab on fleek. Well, the most underrated of stars, Kemba Walker, is a free agent this summer. Kemba. Hmm. I don't know. You know, something could be brewing there. Well, we've said it before, and I'll say it again, that the guard game is severely lacking. Yes. I think that's a move on both ends. Kemba has no reason to believe that his productivity needs to drop significantly. If anything, it'll increase because they'll be so focused on AD. He can just dish, too, between AD and Randall. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. And I think he's going to see a lot more open shots because teams are going to collapse. To continue with what I was saying... Not just one star is going to come, but... Not one, not two, not maybe, three, <laughs> not four. I wouldn't call this guy, this these next guys stars, but maybe some, like, meteors. Uh, J.J. Redick, Wayne... I know El- you were waiting for me to say something back to that, but I, it was too bad. J.J. Redick, Wayne Ellington, and Terrence Ross, all free agents this season as well. If you just get one of those guys with Kemba and A.D., that's a playoff team. Hey, don't forget Julius. Yes, and Julius Randle. He's hooping. I know. And so th- these are kind of more reasons for why I think AD is going to stay. That team is pretty good. 
with a missing piece already. Like they don't have guards. They just got big dudes that hoop. Like, I don't know why AD would want to leave that. Cause he, he seemed to enjoy when Boogie was there and they were both just getting theirs. They're putting up like 20, 20 each a night. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And that's kind of the same feeling I'm getting from him and Randall. So I feel like there's no reason for him to leave. And he has no like bad blood with new Orleans. He seems like he likes it there. Yada, yada. So you didn't mention either how a guy who hasn't been playing the last several games is uh, Miritich. Mm, true. Who was, he was killing it early in the season. And he's a guy who can Put really give you 20. <laughs> he can give you 20, 25 on any kind of random given night if the scoring is lackluster. Yeah, shoot from the logo and whatnot. Facts. So, yeah, I like that. I think that that could be a really mean lineup. Yes. That's and, the football I know. I think he's staying, and those are the reasons why. But what's the football you know, eh, Hop? Well, Nathan, I really like what you said here. So I have no <clears throat> counter. I am going to deliver a for ball, I hope. Um, <laughs> I would like to see Anthony Davis listen to my guy Giannis. Oh, okay. Uh, you look at all the length and just sheer athleticism that Giannis provides along with the rest of that Bucks team. Yeah, I was going to say that, Buc- like that Bucks team might be a finals team this year. So, Could you imagine – Anthony Davis joining that team. I mean, if you look no, at matchups, you literally couldn't not shoot a layup because they'd just stand there and put their arms up, and that'd be it. And with him and and Giannis both attacking the paint, mm-hmm. um, if you look at if they're a finals team this year, which I agree they very well could make it. I don't know that right now they have the pieces to beat Golden State. No, but not. I feel like if you add Anthony Davis, they are almost the perfect antithesis to what Golden State does. Golden State shoot th- shoots threes year long. You can switch at any position. You can defend all five guys they have on the floor. Mm-hmm. And then on the other end, I, I'm short of Draymond Green guarding Giannis and Anthony Davis, and he can't guard either of them alone, I feel like you just get absolutely accosted in the paint. Your whole team's in foul trouble, and you got some problems. Yeah, and I mean, it's just a big whirlwind of, like, strategy as well because Giannis is so used to attacking and just dunking but you're gonna have AD slipping out to the three-point line like good luck (laughs) yeah and imagine those two in a pick and roll yeah just just with each other they just taller they wouldn't even they wouldn't even have to pass it Giannis would just jump and hand it over everybody to AD to dunk you know it would just be in any event, for Ball, we know I, I I like what you said. I think it's unlikely that he leaves, and I, I can totally see a guy like Kemba coming to join him. But for Ball, I hope AD goes to the Bucks. Yeah, and like just with what he said about the I don't care with the LeBron thing, I think that's kind of him just saying like, yeah, I, I don't I'm not going anywhere. Why is everybody talking about this? You know, <laughs> like, so he's... things can change quickly though. Oh no, yeah, and, yeah, they could. But and I, guys I, do have a tendency to downplay. As of now there hasn't really been any hints of him leaving or wanting to leave or expressing frustration or anything like that. So, yeah, Yeah, I agree. He's in a good spot right now. And, uh, for ball, we know that's the episode. Episode 31. Ding. That's me smiling. Three, one. What? (laughs) Episode three, one, just like the, the number that the Cavs were down in the 2016 NBA Finals. <laughs> Don't let for ball we know distract you from the fact that the Warriors blew a three-one lead. And LeBron cemented his legacy with that comeback. This one's for you. Just screaming, crying, mm-hmm. wimp. <laughs> Jordan would never cry. Oh wait. Yeah, he he likes basketball a lot. Crying, he, Jordan mean. <laughs> I wonder if he cried over baseball. Uh, he probably gonna, cried because he was so bad. We're going to end the pod there. Um, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Rate the podcast five stars on iTunes because we're five-star talent. And Yeah, if yeah, if ever such a thing existed, it's right here. Yeah, our pod is top-notch. Never have any technical difficulties. I don't know what you guys are talking about. And make sure to follow us on social media um i'm just gonna go out i'm gonna go ahead here and say this nathan uh i don't know if you want me to but i'm gonna say this for the real fans that are still listening this late in the podcast we got some big big things in store for y'all we are gonna be upgrading sometime next year look for us to be oh god 
look for us to be out on more platforms. Look for us to be improving our, our, I don't know, our hardware, <laughs> our, our equipment so that we don't sound like crap half the time. Uh, for all we know is moving on up. Let's just say you're going to see a lot next year. You know what I mean? Yeah, next, so next season of the pod. If you're a faithful fan, we just look for some big things. Shouts out to you, by the way, faithful fans. If you're still listening, I, I really vibe with you. I don't know why saying anybody would listen to this. Like, I feel like people maybe just fell asleep at this point. Or just well, kinda... anybody who is still listening knows a lot now that other people don't. Mm, this is true. Secrets. Weak boys. This is roll credits. Don't nobody listen to Nobody watches the credits anyway. Like in a movie? Unless it's a Marvel movie, which is essentially what we are. All right, Alex is just talking to himself now, so and battling himself, so we're just gonna end it. Uh, thanks for listening again. Um, if you're a J. Cole fan, you know you guys are the best. Uh, next yeah, week, you are. thirty-two will coming your way. We'll be back then. Uh, it's been Nate. It's been Hop. See ya. Adios. Man, I'm 75 and still alive. Like, damn, it went fast. I know somewhere up above my father's having a laugh. Every lesson that he told me adding up like it's math. And every time I'm looking dumb because I ain't listening to the man. And now I'm thinking, man, where my legacy at? As I'm staring at the child of my child on my lap. And it hits me all at once, man, this is where it at. I said, son, go get that ball and let me show you who you are. I said, this is my legacy, I leave it for you. And it's something that's a part of me now, a part of you too. And it's more than just a game, and it's more than just a sport. If that ever truly is a sign of God, it's a proof. It'll teach you how to work, how to love, how to lose. All the dedication needed to be the man that you choose. I'm leaving it for you so you can be the better man. I handed in the rock like I put the world in his hands. And now he's dribbling, yeah, yeah. And now he's dribbling, yeah, yeah. And now he's dribbling, yeah. He put some shots up and he's dribbling, man.